Even if they'd been cleaned out, my bet is that the sorghum would be untouched. Now that there is a criminally underrated grain that could change the game with our food situation from scary to hunky-dunky. I'm talking standability, drought tolerance, grain to stover ratio that is the envy of all corns. Hom nom nom. Zombies Ate My Podcast. We are broadcasting to you alive from the temporary fortified shelter here in rainy Vermont, which is, I guess, better than snow, but it is rainy. It is Vermont. I'm still here. I'm alive. That goes to say some of us didn't make it, (laughs) Uh, but we'll get into that now. Uh, joining me as always, well, first of all, I'm Bob Fournier, and apparently I'm Rusty. But joining me as always, we have Lou Page. Howdy. And can I just say, that was my favorite line of Eugene's ever. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> the, the, high, the most highly underrated corn. Hunky-dunky. Hunky-dunky. <laughs> I'm going to use that for everything now. Speaking of hunky-dunky, Ryan Murphy, how are you? i got to tell you, this coffee is hunky-dunky. Is it hunky-dunky? It's hunky-dunky. That is great. <laughs> Notice how it changes every time I say it. Yeah. Honky honky. You know, I, you, know, you got to say, sometimes you forget how great this show could be, and then just the words honky donkey come out. Probably the greatest line since, uh, what was it? Uh, Mother Dick. Facts of Cleveland or something? Facts of Cleveland, Mother Dick. Oh, uh, you man. look ridiculous. Yeah, Walking Dead's got a lot of one-liners. Yeah, and I can't wait to talk about this episode, but we got a lot. We got yes, we, we got do. some great stuff to talk about. This is going to be a jam packed episode. Yeah, it is, and uh, I want to start by saying, Lou, are you okay? Uh, I'm okay, I guess. You Aww. you somehow I had Walking Dead pneumonia, mm-hmm. and we we had a podcast, and then you caught the flu. Yeah, I've I've had the flu, so I apologize now if I sound awful. Uh, I've been bedridden since, like, last Thursday. Oh, my gosh. That's not good. You're a trooper, Lou. You're a trooper. Yep. Are you in bed right now recording this podcast? Just no, lay, I'm on my just, couch, as usual. Just laid down. Just <laughs> I think like, it'd be better if, like, you just had, like, a device that suspended the microphone above your bed and you just, like, <laughs> podcasted laying down. You know how uh, some people, like, work I, standing up? I, have, I think a new I trend. have a device that holds the microphone next to me on the couch. So. Perfect. You know what, though? It, you should I just love it all all of a sudden we were talking, you just heard Lou's <laughs> just sleeping, laying in bed. Aww. I hope you feel I, better, I, man. That's unfortunate. I, I, I will. I mean I just uh, I went back to work today, so Oh, okay. Well, in honor of you My cabbage is always fun. Let's go. <laughs> <get this. laughs> the virus has completely devastated over hundred and fifty of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. All right, the news this week is brought to you by video games. Yay! Um, not any that I played because of you guys, but uh, because of us let's, guys. Let's start first with uh, I, Techland promising Dying Light through 2016. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan, tell me why I should play Dying Light anymore. Well, I don't need to tell you anything because publisher Techland, or no, sorry, developer Techland yeah. and publisher Warner Brothers Interactive want you to know, Lou, that there's going to be more Dying Light 
throughout 20 yeah, I, we I made this comment before we started recording and then for the last month we've had a story related to dying light and I think I think that's an interesting connection to make just because and most of those stories weren't even like directly related to the game they were just marketing and and it was a cool marketing some of it was cool like that video we watched like the the makeup throughout the years was yep. really neat this is clearly marketing of a ceo saying like we hear people like our game so we're gonna keep developing content for it and no 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 people are not playing our game how can we make add-ons and charge people another 10 bucks i think you're being a, your, your own opinion is shining through there a little bit good sir because i think a lot of people really like this game um I am not one of them, but I am certainly like in between the diehards and um, the people who don't really do quite you, like the game. Do you think though that this content through 2016 is going to get people to continue to play if they find if so? People like you, Ryan, that mm-hmm. you're just you're kind of like meh. I'll play it, you know. Yeah. Does knowing that there's going to be content through 2016 make you want to keep playing it? Well, see, that's the thing is that um, for the people who who really like. Skyrim was a game that people played like Minecraft just constantly and and whenever yeah. content came out they were all over it. For me, they did this last year in that they developed content throughout the year. I never played it since it came out until the expansion came out a few weeks ago. And so I'm not interested in the little fluffy content. Um like the the little updates here and there. That's that's not for me. I have too many games on on the go that I can't like, go back because they added a new weapon that does flame damage. That's that's not even a real thing. Just an example. Um, but what Lou is saying and that they're gonna, you know, th- they're talking about supporting the game with content that they haven't even announced yet. Uh, we don't know what that is. The or how frequent or how frequent or how much it's going to cost. Like the the way the industry is going. If you look at what Fallout's doing. If you look at what Battlefront did. Um, season passes are now becoming this Mm. pay up front promise later content even later but i think techland has done something interesting with dying light and that they are supporting their games no company does this but nintendo nintendo's the only company i can think of oh and blizzard that actively supports their games with free and paid content that's solid yeah Uh, I mean, you gotta agree with me there, right, Lou? Like that's, that's yeah. A- I will I'll give you credit. I mean, I, I will say that right off the bat, uh, they added content like within weeks of the game coming out. They've continued to support it, and they've continued to let modders do stuff. Mm-hmm. They've done all kinds of stuff with it. I I just feel like the engine itself and the game's mechanics were fun, but I just the 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 story content itself didn't interest me. Yeah, and and content like the the little stuff that they put out to support the game that's not going to change your opinion and i don't even think the following is going to change your opinion we touched on this last week and i've had a lot more time with it and i can sort of put some final thoughts toward it and i can i can say lou that having access to the following because you have a specific version of the game and for all those who go out and purchase, um, who have not owned Dying Light, go out to purchase Dying Light, you're going to get the following as part of it. It's one of those, like, Game of the Year editions is the best way to look at it. Like, if you go purchase it, you're going to get all the content. Um, It's worth a shot, mainly to experience the buggy that they've put in there. 
Um, until you get that buggy, it sort of feels like it's more of the same experience, but with, with, with more open terrain. The original game was sort of set in a city where you were running and jumping and climbing. In this game, there is a city section, but it's more open and that you're, you're in this buggy and you're traversing the land and ramming zombies, and it's very satisfying. Um, but one of the things that they haven't changed is very, it is still very repetitive in that you are going from place to place killing zombies in whatever way you can figure out and i don't know like um some of the objectives go from liberating a a small town to you know going and clearing a tunnel to rescuing people and it's all about in the way you do it uh, rather than you know it's more about the journey rather than the conclusion like i think the story is more interesting in the following than it is the the main campaign uh, the main campaign was sort of... I, I don't even remember what, it, what... What happened in the main campaign, Lou? Like, you, from what you remember a year ago, what happened? Okay, you were a dude that was dropped in by some government organization to right. make sure that uh, some bad guy... D- to find out if he spread <laughs> okay. the virus or something stupid like that. And when you got there... They started harassing you on the radio. You then met up with some survivors that were good guys, supposed to be good guys that you were trying to help, mm-hmm. and they gave you a hard time mm-hmm. and gave you attitude. And then you met the guy that you was, they thought stole weapons, and they told the, the people on the radio told you you needed to team up with him to find out what he knew, and he gave you attitude, and nobody was likable, and I went, screw this game. Yeah, that that is... I, I remember that from the original, but with the expansion... It sort of narrows down the amount of like factions to one, in that you it is the the following the <clears throat> the people who follow the mother or whatever the children of the son I think they're called, and that when you arrive in this place you sort of hear rumors that there are people that are immune. You go in and you find out that it's basically a cult worshiping this thing, and it all focuses around earning the trust of this group of people. And it moves pretty quickly. Like you gain, you gain enough like access to the, you rank up enough in the following that you really don't have to worry about running into people that don't like you. Like almost immediately, you are like the savior, right? And so it sort of fixes that issue. I don't know if the the story is a little more interesting because it's less about like finding out who the bad guy is so far there really isn't a bad guy the bad guy is the virus which is what you want right you want in a zombie game for the bad guy to be the zombies and so far like the bad guy is the zombies there's a couple abandoned incidents but really they're they're pretty scattered you're not selling me right yeah i'm not trying to sell you like again like if you hated dying light the following is not is not really doing anything to to curb that opinion because it is more of the same, but they've added this buggy com- component that I just I love. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of driving in Half Life Two. Do you remember those driving sequences in that game? Yeah, it was probably my least favorite part of that game. Okay, perfect. <laughs> well, guess what? <laughs> it's back. No, it that's what it reminds me of. Uh, I liked it, but again, like if you don't like that type of driving in video games then it's it's really not going to change uh your opinion but i mean man if you liked dying light the following expansion is is really it's okay ryan you can say it i'm a negative nancy i know no no we just had this conversation on the gamers in about firewatch like it's not that you're negative it's just like 
every video game doesn't have to be for you. And the following is a really cool expansion to a really cool game that if you loved it, guess what? The developers are giving you even more to love. Um, but if you didn't like Dying Light, like this isn't Techland trying to address your concerns. This is Techland making more of what a lot of people like. I mean, they, people must have it must have sold well because they've. Oh no, it sold. It's it, it sold really well at the time it mm-hmm. came out. There wasn't a whole lot coming out, so it was kind of a big deal for about four weeks. Yeah. Now, Bob, as being a like third person, in this conversation and, and hearing my points and hearing Lou's points, is this something that interests you? Keeping in mind that you you did skip out on it for about a year now. <laughs> um, I okay. <clears throat> no. <laughs> um, it just never really grabbed me, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think any amount of content's really going ch- to change that for me. Um, I remember the hype when it first came out. And I think if I was ever going to play it, it would have been then. Mm-hmm. But I just can't see myself jumping into it now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. unfor- I, I just, to me, it's it just, for, and it's nothing about the game. It just, personally, it just never grabbed me. You know, like it's just one of those. Eh, I'm not really into that, you know. Yeah, I, I can but. totally see that. I mean, uh, another point when we when we first covered Dying Light, it was kind of like if you played Dead Island, uh, this was sort of the follow up. But if you didn't like Dead Island, it's going to be tough to transition to a game that's like Dead Island. Like the yeah. combat is my, very Dead Island. My gripe with it back then was mm-hmm. it was too much like Dead Island and not different enough that the writing was too much like Dead Island and I that was yeah. the one thing about Dead Island I hated was the writing the writing in in the following is very similar to Dying Light like yep. that shouldn't come as a surprise and uh, I think they try to go for campy uh, like campy zombie and it just comes off flat and, and yep. boring um, but there are instances where the main character sort of shines through and it's like, oh, if the rest of the game was like this, this would be really cool. Like there are instances where the main character is just like, oh, man, this sucks. Like he'll run like he doesn't say that. I, I can swear. Right. So he says like, oh, fuck me sideways. Like he comes across. Like you can't giant, swear. Oh, sorry. Oof. I'm just kidding. It's just it's it's refreshing sometimes when that shines through. But again, it's like it's. It's a a part of light shining through a dark cloud when it comes to the writing and and some of the VO like most of the VO is terrible, <laughs> yeah. Uh, except for the main character who is who is all right, um, but but the reason people the reason I love this game and I played it for a good chunk of today in that it's I loved its repetitiveness and that I just found it was that like oh one more mission like one more buggy ride across the map one more of this one and then before you know it I've spent like. 10 hours in there and it's just it's it's one of those relax turn your brain off and experience the game and that's why i've been really enjoying it um but that goes in line with the repetitiveness so again it just does not address the issues that you had a year almost a year ago today i think pretty close yep So so we've talked about dying light but ryan we should address some, another game that has issues. Yeah. You want to jump right into that, huh? Yeah. I, I have a feeling like Lou's been sharpening, sharpening his, uh, his, katana. his katana. Yeah, because, hmm. I, yeah. So he, let, me, yeah. let me just start this story by saying this. Okay. Uh, I had the day off from work today, and I at first I planned on going to New Hampshire, and then weather was bad, so I said, 
you know, maybe maybe I'll stay home and uh, you know play some video games and or stay at the apartment. And I said maybe I'll maybe I'll pick up that Walking Dead Michonne and talk about it on the show until <laughs> my fellow co-hosts both got on the uh, the uh, Slack, the what we use to communicate with each other, and uh, expressed their concerns. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and I said, Dude, not playing. <laughs> So my first thing I'm going to say is, if you've played any Telltale game, there is usually an opening tutorial to, to kind of get you into the type of game that you're about to play. Uh, the opening sequences of Walking Dead Michonne handhold you for about the first three sequences to the point where you're literally like, no, 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 I've played these games before. Just move on. No, no, no. Move on. You don't need... No, 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 you're pointing to the left. Yes, I know I have to push the left stick to the left. Yes, yes, to the left. To the left, to the left. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you had that so issue, Ryan. You, you thought the tutorial was too hand-holdy. Not even, not even just hand-holdy. It was literally like... If you've pl- picked up a controller before, you've done these motions before, and like it goes out of its way to... like. Bring up icons and say, when you see this icon, push this button. It's like, no, no, no. When it says B, you push the B button. Yeah, it's kind of obvious. Yeah, the game does that throughout the episode. Like, you'd think it's just the tutorial, but it's like reminding you of telltale winks and nods near the end, where it's like, don't make some, don't lie, you'll make them angry, and angry people do stuff. And it's like, what? Like I didn't even think of that wasn't even a point of contention okay. for me. There's so many other issues. There is a there is a point in the in the very beginning of the game mm-hmm. where you have to make a choice to go up a ladder. Oh, I thought we were talking window. about the gun. <laughs> uh, no, I know no, which no. one I chose. You have to go up the ladder. Oh, that's dark. Or through the window, and it specifically stops the game and says, "Just so you know, when you make this choice, it changes the game forever." So make sure you choose the choice that you're going to be happy with. Really? And it like literally brings up a thing and says that. And I was like, no, I, I kind of get that. I've played these games before. This isn't my first Telltale game. Are, are we at the point where Telltale needs to put like a toggle at the start of the game where it's like, dude, you play Telltale games before? Yeah, no. Yeah, it skips. Like it just turns off all that handholdy stuff. Because the game... Like you're you're refer- like are you aren't actually talking about them like stripping gameplay. You're just talking about them not showing messages, right? Yeah. Okay. So wait, yeah, to not showing messages. Yeah, they just get kept every time I turned around it was popping up another message reminding me how to play the game and I was like I'm 20 minutes into this thing. I I, I kind of get what we're I'm supposed to be doing now. Okay, but okay. So aside from that, I feel like that's like you and I are both did not enjoy this game, but it feels like that point is kind of just like is is the the shit on top of the shit that's the problem with this game, right? Like that's it, it, what's it, it, okay. So the game begins, mm-hmm. and it it is a it, like a three minute action sequence of Michonne killing zombies, and then you put. At the end of the fight sequence, she pulls out a gun and she puts it to her head, and you get to decide whether or not she pulls the trigger or puts the gun down. I pulled the trigger. Did you? What happened? I already won it out of the game. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) like, it was an interesting sequence, uh, but those six minutes are already on YouTube um, by Telltale, 
and and so, that is one of two in- very interesting parts of the game, and we'll get to the other. Inter- I don't know if we're spoiling this or whatnot, but um, no, I pulled the trigger, and then the guy runs up and like pulls the gun away because I was like, I know Michonne doesn't die, so I'm going to see what happens when I pull the trigger because Michonne is obviously suicidal. So see, I put the gun down, and nothing changed. Yeah, and. And, That's an age-old issue with with Telltale games, you know, the illusion of choice and consequence. Yeah. But um, and I, and I and I was okay with that. Yeah. And it begins with you on a boat. Afterwards, the guy that he finds you rescues you, and they're all on a sailboat. And he's trying to find some friends of his on a radio that he's traded supplies with, and he can't get a hold of it. And lo and behold, you're introduced to one character, and he's a jerk. You're introduced to another character, and he's super optimistic. And you're introduced to this other guy, and he's just kind of in the middle. And then there's this other guy, and he's another generic character type. And you're like, okay, there's five of us on this boat. This is going to be interesting. And the first thing they do is tell you, oh, got to get off the boat. And only two of you are going. And you're like, and at every turn, every time you make a decision, the other three guys, it's like, he'll remember that. You'll remember that. And then the rest of the episode is, they're gone. Yeah, you probably, judging by where the episode goes, you probably don't even run into them until the end of episode three when you wrap everything up. Yeah. And I'm interested, like, I I went through this on The Gamer's End. I'm really meant to just say, like, I played it, I didn't like it, tune into Zombies in my podcast for even more uh, harrowing details. And because we have such a aversion to telltale games now we kind of got into it and it's those same issues that are present and finally finally the critics agree with us lou this is a bad telltale game and it is because it's really really poorly written it's boring Um, too i was bored yeah like when you get off the boat, your boat breaks, and you need a part to fix your sailboat. And there is a uh, 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 like a steamboat that's wrecked up on shore, mm-hmm. and you decide to you and one of the other characters get off the boat and go to find a part. And as soon as you get on the boat, you realize something bad happened on this boat. And I was like, okay, gonna meet some bad guys. And lo and behold, you meet some people. And what's the first thing they do is they pull a gun on you and threaten to shoot you and say, "Why are you stealing our stuff?" And you're like, okay. And then lo and behold, more guys show up and say, why are you guys stealing our stuff? You must be working with these other people that accused you of stealing. And you're like, and no one will listen to you. And there is a character. His name is Randall. Mm -hmm. And he handcuffs you and he puts you on a boat. And he's talking to you. And I made the choice to have Michonne do all the talking. And so I had a conversation with him. And Randall seemed reasonable. He seemed like he thought that i was telling the truth he seemed like 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 when we got there he might stand up for me and he seemed totally like he looks like a menacing bad guy but he seemed to behave like a decent human being that but he was taking precautions and cuffing you because he wanted to make sure he was getting a straight answer from you Mm -hmm. made perfect sense for the walking dead universe Five seconds after you get off the boat, his personality chains, he becomes a mad dog. His choices in dialogue don't make sense from what the choices I made five minutes earlier made. And he becomes, at every turn, he becomes a piece of chaos. Yeah, I mean, and that's the issue, right? It's like, Michonne, so this takes place 
between episode or issues 126 and 132 or something along those lines. And Bob, you're a comic book reader. You're all caught up. Obviously, you know Michonne leaves for a, a period of time. Is it a spoiler to tell us why she leaves? Because they don't tell us that in the game, which uh, seems like a big missed opportunity to us. Yeah, it's probably because of... Yeah. Well, it's not... Yeah, I'd say it's a spoiler. So, okay... She it, keep, it, it, which which kind of sucks, I guess, in the game sense, where if you don't know why she's separated, um, you're probably wondering more on that than you are playing the game, really. Yeah, they, they, they spend they, the entire episode focusing on two kids that are missing. Well, it's her, it's her kids. Her I, kids, her, yeah. Her daughters, she left them behind, I guess, like she went to get supplies or went to get somebody to help and never went back and... She feels she obviously is 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 suffering from this guilt, in which we got some of that in the TV show with her, with her daughter. I think it was her son or her daughter. I can't remember. I think it's her daughter. Yeah, and in this, they make one reference. She makes one reference to her past group, and that there are good people, and that's it. That's all we got. So, if you watch the TV show, you know Michonne is is with Rick's group. If you read the comics, you know exactly why Michonne went missing. But for me, who's only watched the show and has not caught up to that point in the comics, I'm sitting here and it's like, why, why is Michonne off on her own? Like, just, the marketing says, takes place between uh, issues 123 and 130-something, and she's gone, this is the time when she went missing, or whatever, and it's like, okay, fine, but the context isn't there, and the context is kind of important when a major character goes off and, and, and dicks around on a boat with other people, and... It's frustrating because you like and, Michonne. And not only that, but even some of the people that you meet, they don't seem like bad people, even yeah. though they're being led, you're led to believe that they're bad guys. Yeah. Like, you, they capture you, they bring you back, and this woman named Norma in, interrogates you. And you literally tell her, I don't know this kid. I don't know he had, I don't know what they took. I don't know anything. I just got there. And I let the kid take a beating because they beat on him. And I'm like, seriously, I, I I don't know him from anybody. Like, I just met him. So, like, and it didn't matter what choices I made. In the end, they still called me a liar. And I yeah. was like, I was like, so the beating served no purpose. Well, it, it, My it dialogue goes... choices served no purpose. Exactly. Like, I, I tossed around and... And kind of went live and told some truth just to kind of think like, well, how can I like benefit this? And and really at the end of the day, it just feels like Telltale being like, well, it's Walking Dead. They have to run into a crazy person. They have yeah. to run into an evil governor type. And this just reeks of boring Walking Dead archetypes. Like this is the it, reason well, people stopped watching the show is that they felt like they kept running into shit. And it's like, well... Yeah, but this is a blatant the, running into in the, shit. And the thing that aggravated me is it adds fake drama to what obviously could be a regular piece of drama. Like you and another character are tied up in a basement mm-hmm. or in a, in a in a the basement of a boat. And the girl gets free and you tell her, "No, no, no." I told her, "No, no, no. We don't need to attack the guy. I will talk us out of this." Oh, I and said every- to attack. <laughs> no, no, I did. I did the opposite. I was like, "I'll talk us out of this." And no matter how much I talked, I couldn't talk yourself talk your way out of it. And mm. it was like it was forcing me down a path that I know that in I could have easily have talked my way out of had it been me in the situation. And the characters, their choices just don't make sense. Yeah, it's just 
at, at every turn, everybody loses their cool over like like literally spilled milk. It's like well. Like, there, there was somebody that got shot, and that was like a totally like legit lose your cool moment where she kind of freaked out with a gun like that. It, but it, in the character that instigates the shooting moment, he 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 instigates the shooting moment, and then it happens, and he loses his cool like like it shouldn't have happened, and it was like, dude, like I would have given the guy an empty gun, not a full gun. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and that's like. It's interesting, like, that's more, that that critique is more, like, on the characters being, the characters in-game not being smart, not handling well, as opposed to the developers making a crappy game. Like, there are plenty of examples in-world of why these characters are flawed, but then there's also clear examples as to why Telltale really dropped the ball on this. Like, once again, the engine, terrible. I had frame rate issues, I had lip-sync problems, just, I just, I just don't. I don't get it. I just don't understand why Telltale doesn't like do something about it. Well, and that, and, and I like Michonne, but yeah. at no but she's point, boring in this. She she's super boring in this. At no point does she make a choice where you feel like you actually made a choice. All of her dialogue options are almost all exactly the same. Yeah, and you know I love being very thorough in these games. And mind you, being thorough is like clicking on everything, listening to all the dialogue. I went through this in an hour and a half and the moments where you like go investigate an arm, it, there's a severed arm on the ground and she walks over to it. And this is a clear example of all the like extra dialogue and Michonne goes, that's a severed arm. Shit. I wonder what happened here. <laughs> like it, it's just nonsensical Michonne looking for her sword, terrible dialogue. And we're yeah, going to talk hey. about Michonne, you know, soon about the walking dead. And uh, it's like polar opposite. This is yeah. boring, boring character. And um, anyways, mean, Lou, it sounds like you had another point, And then I want to I want to talk about the two good things about this this game. I can say it, it's just at every turn, none of the dialogue is believable. None of her choices make any sense. Um, and then they line up everybody as a villain, like literally everyone is a villain except Michonne. And you know that if you've read the comics, none of these characters are in the comics as far as I know. So it, well, so every, I, all my choices felt like, well, it doesn't matter because the, all these people are either going to leave or die by the end of the, this three-chapter arc. So mm. it doesn't feel like any of my choices have any weight, even yeah. more so than a regular Telltale game. Yeah, that, that's a really good point because it feels like when you're playing this game, you're instantly attached to Michonne because you know who Michonne is. But because this exists inside the comic book world, yet outside of any story we've ever been told, we know A, Michonne lives. B, Michonne makes it out without a scratch because she comes back to the comic fine. Unless I'm... I, I have not read the comic, but I'm assuming she comes back in one piece. And uh, Bob, I'm sure you're, you're snickering or whatever back there. But... Um, I'm just like maybe there's a moment when she comes back in the comics she's a changed character and this this story fills in those blanks but that doesn't make the game better because we don't we don't know that yet but we also don't know that this is what Chelltale's trying to do because okay. they haven't stated that there is another thing I have a gripe with that Telltale seems to do a lot. We hated this game in case in case people haven't yeah, quite caught and, on and, yet. And, huh. and there's like three points in the game where she ends up fighting a zombie and she pins it to the ground 
and it makes you attack the zombie. And in one, in one case, she has a cash register in her hand, hmm. and she smashes the zombie in its head. And you watch its head basically fall apart, and it continues to fight. And so you have to hit the X button again, and she bashes its head again. And it's like, you can tell that if this was the show, it would have been dead the first time she hit it. That's but because it's game. a game, they make you hit it like 15 times. And you're like, this is stupid. It was dead a while ago. And then later on, there's another situation where a character you're with has been bitten, and he's going to die, and he's going to turn into a zombie, and you pick up a screwdriver. Oh, yeah. And, and you go, we need to take care of this. And when you stab him with the screwdriver, if you've watched the show, you've read the comic, they know how to take a screwdriver and kill somebody in one stroke, right? Yeah. Like, it, they do it all the time. Yep. Not in this game. They make you stab him five times to kill him. And it shows you stab him in the eye socket. You're like, it, it, it would have been dead the first time. You didn't need to make me stab it. The only reason it feels like they make you stab it is there's another character in the room that is related to this guy, mm -hmm. and they want to make sure you they stab home the point. She's going to be pissed in about five seconds. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just it feels like Telltale didn't learn from... If this anything, feel, they regret. This feels, this feels like a C team made this because they were obligated to. Yeah. I yeah. I, I, th I like normally I'd say you're crazy and you're you're make you're just you know you're making assumptions, but I, I kind of agree with you. Like Telltale's got so much going on now that it wouldn't surprise me if they have two or three teams, and this is uh, an example of um, uh, uh, yeah, a C team because the one of the teams is working on Marvel, one of the teams is working on Batman, Batman, and maybe another team is working on like. This is the team that's maybe working on season three of Walking Dead, but I I think this this miniseries is an interesting experiment for them because I they're able to. I think it's an to... interesting experiment, but it feels like a piece of marketing. It I, doesn't feel like a game. I don't it know feels if it like markets marketing. anything. Like I don't want to necessarily go watch the TV show because of this. Like I, I don't know who would. Um, like maybe go buy the comics, I guess, but I don't know. I just I don't really see it as. I don't really see it as marketing I, if I have to pay for it. it. Well, it feels like marketing, but it feels like marketing that doesn't know who they're trying to sell it to. Yeah, okay, I, I would agree with that. Um, but uh, the one, the one thing I did enjoy is that it was probably there was two scenes, or it was probably two of the best Telltale action sequences, minus the cash register thing. I agree with you there. But the 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 sequence where they they finally introduce like a new mechanic for action which is it's very simple but it's more like typing of the dead and they did it once in the once in the one and a half hour experience where and it was the one time i wish they'd given me an explanation that it was going to happen yeah i failed it um it, it was yeah. a it was just a key command where it's like rather than typing q then e then q you type it in sequence and then you get a, a sequence a cool sequence and rather than chopping up the action into three separate movements they spin them all together and then give you the whole thing and i thought that was that was really neat and um a, a new mechanic where they which they didn't explain and you kind of had to fail it to figure out oh i have to hit him in sequence and and fast um yeah so i liked parts of the action but the the thing sort of bridging them all together was just i don't know like i almost i almost gave up on my normal telltale game playing where i 
check everything. And it's super short. And that's yeah. the one positive thing I'll say about it. Is <laughs> I say that's a negative, but uh, it like, was yeah. It was le- I, I I would say I probably finished it in forty five minutes. Yeah, mine was an hour and a half, and I I clicked on everything. So if you're if you're a speedy Gonzalez, then you're gonna whip right through it. If you're thorough and want to see everything, don't do that. Um, it's not worth it. Uh, so, anyways, this is a mini series, uh, both in uh, amount of episodes and content per episode. I guess. Are you going to check out two and three, or I, I will just because I have them. Yeah, so I mean, I'm of the same. I'm opinion. gonna keep, and, and I'm hoping that it gets better with chapter two. I'm hoping that this just seems like a lull, but it does give you like the normal telltale thing where it gives you next time in the in the next episode, and it showed me stuff, and it didn't seem like it was it seemed like it was going in a complete different direction direction really quickly yeah i'm i'm looking forward to even though i really dislike this episode i want to see how telltale wraps it up and then that will be the ultimate recommendation because sometimes games start bad and they get good like that happens especially with these episodic games i really feel like that can be the case um, but considering they've sort of mapped out a March-April release for the remaining two episodes, I'm going to say that content's pretty locked. So the chances yeah. of it being this grand, uh, grand return, pretty unlikely. But I've already like uh, Jocelyn on the Gamers Inn had mentioned that she had gotten the game as a gift, and I said, yeah, just wait until all three episodes are out and then see how it shakes out. But episode one is certainly not worth checking out right away. Yeah. Um, Hell, I wouldn't even. I would be. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a spring sale and you could get it uh, cheaper. So I yeah. Wait. And if that happens, I'd say it's worth five bucks. But that would be my limit. I wouldn't pay full price at yeah. all. So Bob, you best. You guys, me. you guys feel better now. Yes. <laughs> I feel like we gave it a really hard time, and it it kind of deserves it because I think Telltale just. Man, they really need to change up their formula. This is a clear example of the formula's broken. Like, this ain't Pythagoras' theorem that works for I thousands of this, years. Okay? I played this and then said, nah, I'm going to go play some Tales of the Borderlands after and get that taste out of my mouth. Is Tales from the Borderlands good? It's a million <laughs> times better than this. All right. Well, you know what? Let's switch gears, and uh, I'm glad you guys got your, your venting session. But let's talk about a movie that's probably near and dear to Lou's heart. Yes, it is. Night of the Living Deb. <laughs> we talked uh, about this movie a yeah. long time ago because portions of it were filmed in my hometown, right down the street from me. Port- Portland, Maine, right? That's Portland, uh, Maine. And this trailer goes right ahead to tell you it's in Portland, Maine. And I will tell you right now, there is a sequence here in the street uh, in, where the characters are running down the street being chased by zombies. And I know where every single building that they're standing in front of <laughs> is because it's right down the street from my mother. So this is a this is a take on Night of the Living Dead, obviously set in Portland, Maine, but it's a, a horror comedy, and uh, I gotta say it looks it looks kind of fun. It looks fun. I, I'm actually we talked about it in the past, and I said I need to see a trailer for it, but it looks like it's nailing the hor- horror comedy idea to the point where it feels like somebody created a funny version oh, of Shaun of the I Dead do, again. Do Shaun of the Dead, yeah. And it, it looks good. It looks cheesy, but a, a good kind of cheesy. Um, has a pretty fun cast, too. I think Ray Wise is in it. Yes. Um, but uh, the trailer looked fun, and uh, it's it's slated for a September release of this year. 
Def- I, I'm definitely going to check it out. I think this is definitely going to be something that goes straight to video. I don't yeah, think we'll be sure. seeing this in theaters. But it'll be fun. But I'm going to go out of my way now to find it, especially since it's filmed in my hometown. So. It's a hometown thing. That's awesome. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that for September. But uh, I, I, you know, you got to love it. You know, we we want more zombie movies and content, and here they are, right? Yep. And the, we will definitely put a link to the trailer in the show notes. Yeah, it's worth a watch. All right. Should we do it, boys? Should, I think we should, have to. Should we get into the uh, the second episode of The Walking Dead? I think it's about time. I think I'm Rick. Time. This is Daryl. What's your name? Paul Rovia. But my friends used to call me Jesus. Your pick. Paul. Paul Rovia? Paul Rovia? It's actually Monroe in the comics, but I'm assuming they changed that just so we wouldn't get any confusion. With what? Yeah. Spencer Monroe. Who's Spencer Monroe? Oh my god. I'm terrible with names. Who's Spencer Monroe? Uh, Deanna Monroe. Who's, oh. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> hey, you know what? Can I just, I want to get in front of this just in case uh, there's some differing opinions because I want to, I want to be a little more positive. I loved this comedy episode of The this, Walking Dead. It was so good. I loved this it. This was the worst episode I've ever seen. Oh, really? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I loved it. I absolutely no, loved I, the I, I, I did love it. I do have one gripe about towards the end. Do we want to get the negative you know what, out of the way? You know what, Lou? You had your time. You had no, your negativity. No. Get out no. of here. No, I'm joking. It's sick, me, stop it. I thought it was really <laughs> clever. Uh, Rick and Daryl go on a run for supplies. We get that wonderful dialogue with uh uh with uh Eugene. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I it, it's really well ri- written, it's clever and uh, the the run starts out fun. They, they it's like Rick and Daryl having an adventure on the road. Yeah. And it's set, uh, they don't really establish this, but I'm just reading the synopsis on Wikipedia. It's set two months after battling the walkers in Alexandria, see, which would explain why they're all so hunky-dory. See, now, let, let me just tell you something. Okay. That is what I think I love most about the episode, is usually bad shit happens in The Walking Dead, and the first episode is the bad shit happening and trying to recover from it, and the next couple episodes are how they get through it. This took it all out, and they just said, let's fast forward in time. Yeah. You know, Carl's okay with his injury. Rick's okay with losing uh, Jesse, whatever her name is. We don't even uh, remember what her yeah, name is. Yeah, exactly. The kid, like, nothing matters anymore. They don't care that two kids took, died. It's like two months down the road, mm-hmm. and uh, it was already all solved. We didn't have to go into that and deal with it again for another season. It was genius. And Daryl and Rick need their own sideshow. <laughs> Yeah, sideshow. I don't care if it's a web series or not, but those guys are hilarious together. Although, do you they feel like it, they could call it the law of averages? Yeah, I thought that <laughs> was go, great. They go to do good shit, and bad shit happens to them. <laughs> I, do you th- do you feel like uh, now Lou might have this theory, but do you feel like they're sort of setting up Daryl to die with them having all this uh, these fun times together? No, because you know when Rick gets too close to somebody, yeah, it's been no, a while since they've been I close. I think, that was, I think you got a little closer to someone else there, Ryan. Well, let's, I don't, uh, let's get to that later. I <laughs> don't think that that was in the intention of this episode. No, I know. Um, I would say 
when as soon as uh, Jesus there runs into them, I went, uh oh. And I and it's, yeah. he bumps into them while they're trying to move a soda machine, and I went, Rick, you should check your pockets. That like that was exactly what I said as the scene happened. Huh. And about five seconds later, he goes, "Where's the keys?" Yeah. And I was like, "I was like, dude, how did you not know to check your pocket?" Well, wow. it's, uh, probably the intensity of. Uh, well, I'm not sticking up for what happened in a TV show, but the dude like pushed onto him and then pretended he was running away, and he immediately drew the gun. I think you forget about it, but uh, I I got to tell you, the the season premiere of of six was probably one of my one of my favorite premieres, and, and this, this was better. This was my favorite follow-up episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was just it was, it was light. It was lighthearted. There wasn't there was there was one uh, the, uh, sort of thread. Yeah. that was kind of uh, a downer, but you know, made sense. I still think Carl is is kind of a dink in in the way he talks to other people, uh, well, especially you know his love interest. It's I know he's still a kid. But you'd think after six seasons he would learn not to no, be an asshat. Which you do notice that he's he's already kind of changing because old Carl, I guess young Carl, would have killed that walker immediately. Mm-hmm. And this new kind of Carl who, sure, he got his eyeball blown out, kind of has a little compassion. And he, he saw them out there walking in the woods, right? He saw Spencer and Michonne. He saw Deanna, the zombie, and he led that zombie right to them. Like it was, it should be done by family kind of deal, you know. And right. Carl of Young would never have done that. He would have just killed it and said, "It's done." There would have, there <laughs> would have been no remorse. Yeah, and, uh, I thought they would have. I thought the whole reasoning behind him getting shot in the eye was was their way to turn him dark. Uh, but. It seems like I'm, I keep forgetting that injuries sort of humble characters in this show. Yeah. Even though Hers- Herschel right. was humble to begin with, then when he lost his leg, he became like super fucking humble. Yeah, and, yeah. and then he was like he was like Gandalf basically. Yeah, yeah. he lost his head, but you know he was <laughs> he was he was super awesome. And uh, maybe this is what's happening with Carl. Like he he lost his eye, and now he's he's becoming you know wise. But I still think he he shows that teenage angst when he's talking to um his enid i guess is the girl's name and that you wouldn't understand even though carl she would totally understand well you notice he was reading a book called a uh, comic book called invincible yeah i know I, I, that's, a, that's another out. robert kirkman gem that was yeah, pretty I was funny say, that was another robert kirkman comic um yeah so there was a little bit of a subplot where michonne got a little closer to spencer and he was trying to get closure because he thought he saw his mom out there and And he did he did and he got the closure he needed and uh they wrapped up that subplot yeah they it it wrapped up pretty nicely but the the main focus was we met we met jesus (laughs) is that a big deal i get the sense that that's a big deal it is a huge deal um I like the idea of having a smooth-talking, wisecracking guy on the show again. Jesus is the, I want to say, the Daryl of the comic books. Um, that handle himself, good guy with a with an edge to him, cocky. You know what I mean? He's because there is there was there is no Daryl in the comic books. You know what I mean? Like, there's no that character. So that's kind of like, to me, what Jesus is, I guess, if you want to relate him in the comic books. Did they introduce Jesus after Daryl was conceived as a character on the show? Uh, I don't think so. I think 
Jesus came first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about like 2,000 years earlier, right? Well, I'm timing-wise, but I think you're right, Lou. I think he was there because it was di- – yeah, it must have been because it was during all this – um, oh, you know what would be great? You know what would be great? At the end yeah. of the season, it's like, Daryl died for our sins. Oh, God. <laughs> Get it? Jesus, well, another Jesus joke. I'm just, I'm just really, I'm just ecstatic that Lou's, like, teed it up, and we just... Yeah, it just, it just happened. Yeah, I think he didn't even um, do it on purpose. I'm so, sorry. No, he didn't. So, um, yeah, I mean, the episode itself, I thought, was by far one of the greatest episodes they've done. It shows that you can do a lighter side. Um, of a really, really dark show that's been getting darker and darker lately. Well, and I think that that's what this show has needed is we've been – I've heard a lot of people that have been fans of the show referring to it as, yep, it's the hate parade. Yeah. It's the depressing show. And it, and, and I feel like that that has been a majority of what's been going on with this show for about the last yeah. like year. Is it's been a lot of down notes after down notes after down notes after down notes, and I think we've needed something to pick it up, something to redeem some of yeah. these characters, and I mean, I think we're seeing a turnaround in Rick. Rick was seemed optimistic, like we can find real people again, and he seemed positive again, and I think that that's the Rick we need, and I think yeah. that's the Rick that needs to stay around. The Rick I think that we deserve we, right now. Yeah, I think if we don't get if I think if in another I think if by the end of the season he's a miserable depressed guy again thinking that everybody's evil, I think that this show is going to lose start losing viewers. Well, this this introduction of Jesus is going to bring a lot of stuff to the table and a lot of fun um dialogue between the group. Um I love I love, I love that they've set up him and Daryl as this like battling like they obviously like get off on the wrong foot and daryl still is is has a little friction with them even though he's like knocked out and i like i like this the the sort of bro triangle they're setting up between daryl and jesus as as much as i like this episode and Mm -hmm. as positive as i feel about this episode you can't hold it in any longer lou you gotta get her out don't (laughs) you say my one gripe about this episode Mm -hmm. is that it feels like Jesus is a video game character. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, okay. Let, let explain. me explain. Yeah. They, they've gone on their adventure. They've run into all these people and they've fought the governor. They've fought all these people. They've done everything that they can. And then they bump into this guy who pickpockets them, steals the keys, drives off with the truck. So they track him down. They hunt him down. They catch him. They tie him up and they steal the car and they drive away and lo and behold the boss untied himself and tied himself to the roof of the car and then they get out and they chase him down again they try to they try to catch him again and bam he gets out of the situation they put him in again and it feels like like no matter what happens jesus seems to get out of it and it's like <laughs> and it's like come on man like it, it, it and tied right in with the very end of the episode who's sitting at the end of rick's bed but jesus okay how did he untie himself unhandcuff himself how did he get past daryl how did he sneak into the house without any of them knowing it it's magic he's a ninja basically and 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 that was my gripe was okay they made him a powerful person they made him a smart character and right up into the end you're like 
They've been on the road before. They've done dealt with cannibals. They've dealt with a, this one dude magically sneaks all over the neighborhood, gets around people, gets out of handcuffs, gets out of everything. It's like okay, so apparently he has the god code and he can just do whatever he wants. Well, I there were I sneaky say, people before the apocalypse as well. Like I, I, there is some evidence that they might have survived. You know, I I think that I I totally get where you're coming from, and they really set him up as this like invincible quirky yes like, uncharted that, type character and, but and, as much as i enjoyed his character i was just kind of like okay i hope the next episode they tone it back just a little bit what? just a little bit <laughs> doesn't so, sound like they do <laughs> I, so I, I get where you're coming com- from in the comic book clue let me just and this isn't a huge spoiler for comic book readers because we know jesus is a character <laughs> every time you say something about jesus um, I just keep wanting he, to say Jesus. So he just he is he is exactly like that in, from the show to the comics. Is he okay? He is, and I think it's cool that they're kind of staying true to that in the comics. And like I said, this isn't a huge spoiler. He meets uh, I think it's Abraham and Michonne actually, and he actually beats them and takes Abraham prisoner and demands to see Rick. And the funny thing about the comic books is when Rick gets there to meet him, I, I, and Jesus was trying to show that he's a good-natured person, Rick walks up to him, punches him in the face, and knocks him out. <laughs> so we saw Jesus get knocked out today, but it was during a – or not today, but you know, whenever we watched it. But that was on a, um, a completely different related circumstance. It almost got run over by a van. Oh, that, that was – I mean any other show that would have been cheesy – like this, that I want to touch on that that moment where like, oh, he hit the he hit the emergency brake and the truck of supplies went in the lake. You know, well that whole episode was kind of cheesy though. Like every time they tried to do something, something, and it was the law of averages, right? Um, I can just feel, I can feel. It sounds like we all agree that we like the episode, but it it feels like there's this fourth. A, this fourth chair, this fourth person, you know, I'm not naming, I'm not, I'm not naming any names because there are no names, but there's this person out there that has an opinion that they hated this episode. You know, there's got to be people out there that were like, this is not The Walking Dead. Did you and guys I, get that? Like, did you see that at all? I haven't really been paying a lot of social attention to social I media. But. I haven't been paying attention either, but you, you know, it's, if it's not a typical this episode, episode, there's people. has been well regarded. Um, okay. Actually, there was more controversy about the last episode than there was about this <laughs> Yeah, episode. well... People got shot in the face. Um, shot in the face. Shot in the face. Uh, I don't know. I overall, I thought it was great. And I mean, let's talk about America's newest couple, uh, Rashon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> D- does it feel to me like um, I'm totally down with this? I think it's fine, but it feels like there's like this missing chunk of them. Uh, I thought it was good. I loved. And it was again. It was this episode was like leave it to Beaver almost in a way, right? Like you got the sense get, that they they had, they had kindled something because they yeah, were living and the showering in the months. same room. I will say right now that one of my things is is I've always gotten a brother sister relationship for between the two of them. Yeah. So when well, it went are, to hand when it went to hand holding, I was like, oh, okay. Apparently, while between episodes something happened okay you know what though and i'm gonna find it if i have to if you guys don't believe me but i think about a few seasons ago i called out that there would eventually be a rick and michonne relationship yeah you did and that's not in the comics so don't don't think i'm reading ahead but i i called it <laughs> yeah and <laughs> it I just mean, took a couple years to get here 
I think it may. It, they. I don't. You know. I think it's a. I think it's a great pair. It's a great matching. It it's the only saying, matching that makes sense to me. And it, it was is, so. It, it is. But I was going to say, my only thing is, is it made me feel like, man, he got over the other chick really quick. Well, two yeah. months. Well, yeah. That's. A, <laughs> I just well, sorry. Like I, I know, like she yeah, died right. and she you, got. She had to hack her arm off. But he went through. He went through his closure. He literally I like. Think- Chapter arm off. I what I liked about it was it was organic. They sat on the couch. They were talking about their days. Yep. They didn't want to talk about it, and then they said, and then it was just one of those things. It was a comforting thing, and I think for for me watching it, I I was like, makes sense. They both been through a lot. Mm-hmm. They both, you know, obviously they they gone through a lot together. They watch out for each other. They they pretty much known each other almost the longest, you know, besides Daryl and Glenn. Well, not. Some people would want to see that relationship, though the Rick Darrow relationship. Yeah, yeah I would. Deviant Art would basically, but, uh, but um, I think that uh, I, yeah, you're right. Like it makes sense because they're both they both been through a lot. They they obviously both Mich- Michonne obviously has come around and has really gotten attached to Carl and Judith, and I think that helps. And I also think Judith still being around, you know, yeah, helps helps Carl and Rick stay grounded real happy people you know i know uh laurie's has been has passed but i i you know rick's been through a lot judith judith's still around carl's still around everyone's happy and i think they're finally at a point where they can start to look within and say like oh we can be happy and we can be together and that's gonna be great it feels like they were already there at the start of the episode because it kind of starts off weirdly and you're like oh they're living in the same house she's staying over she's asking for toothpaste i think she was in a towel and and you kind of get the sense that they they're comfortable together but i i did really get the the idea that at the end of the episode that was the first time they'd actually been it was definitely together yeah yeah um and then they woke up with jesus at the foot of their bed both of them completely naked with their weapons drawn, which I thought was a great way to end that episode. I mean, yeah, they um, they, they they have no shame. They just kind of like we don't want to die. It was great. They just it was Jesus was just like we need to talk. And let me let me ask you guys your opinion before we uh, get get wrapped up because there wasn't really too much going on in the episode. But um, where do you think um, the Jesus Jesus's background is? Like, what do you what do you what kind of vibe do you get from him? Um, yeah, go ahead. I Luke. get. I don't get the vibe. He's a villain. I get the 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 the. the I get the idea that he is going to tell Rick that shit's coming. Yeah, I, I I I I agree with you. I think he's certainly like a messenger of some sorts. Um, not not in someone sending him to deliver a message, but more he's like, oh crap, this has got. I gotta warn them that these are. I gotta see if these are good people. I gotta have a conversation with them. But no one deserves maybe what? the shit that he understands is coming but there was a moment where rick said like he's got a shaved beard he's got a group he's got a camp like he's groomed uh you know he, there's no way i'm he's assuming doing that. he's a savior yeah i mean that's a safe bet because that's the only other group we know about right now but um it's it's been two months i mean they could have it could be another group of people it could be anything but uh, I, I do believe it's – you'd be crazy not to think it's not related to Negan like because that's the major plot theme of well, this season. So let's – let me – let's talk about this then real quick. Mm-hmm. So it's been two months. Are you telling me there's no fallout from Negan after two months of Daryl blowing up half of – not half but a, a big group of his people? Nothing. Uh, 
I think that <laughs> I, mean, I think that someone's upset about that, and that they're trying to sort out who did it because, as far as I as as far as I think, like I doubt anybody knew knows who did it. They probably have ideas, but there's no well, solid evidence that you that gotta Garrett wonder. Did. Like if you're Negan, you're looking for your group. Like you're gonna eventually find Alexandria at some point, right? And uh, to me, it just seems weird that two months and there's been no repercussion. Have they talked about Negan at all? Like, has Abraham or Sasha or Daryl yeah, mentioned I was it say, to Rick? That is, that is my one gripe with this show, is they don't do a very good job showing people communicating. Yeah. And so, the, the, you don't get the vibe that anyone even brought up this Negan guy, and you right. feel like... Uh, we we're outsiders looking in, but the first thing I would be would have said when I got back and things were sorted was, yeah. So these guys jumped us out there in the thing, and I blew them up with a rocket launcher, and they were talking about some guy named Negan and how he owns all our stuff. So yeah. I don't know what's up with that, but we got to watch out for this guy. Yeah, I mean, you know I what have, I mean. I have faith that I have faith that you know Daryl and Rick and Abraham and and Sasha they're they're all smart people and they've had that conversation AMC has just chosen to have that conversation off camera which is fine by me because it gives us episodes like this and less episodes of filler that we saw in like season 3 and 4 where it's like the fallout of what mm-hmm. what happened and and we do I I think we've been with this show long enough that we can just assume that these characters are smart enough that they're having that conversation and then that conversation, which happened off camera, will will uh, be evident when shit goes down and they're all prepared and they're all talking as if they have been preparing. Um, I think the yeah. next couple episodes, we're going to get that answer. Uh, this was just the the greatest, yeah. like Bob said, the greatest follow-up episode to, to a um, premiere in which a lot of shit went down. And I think the next two episodes are going to not continue that yeah, happy-go-lucky tone, but continue the Negan path again in a in a better way. Like I think this is the first season where they've actually they they might actually have perfected that uh, that that rise and then plateau of of this comic episode, and then keep on trucking towards the resolution yeah. of this Negan my, stuff. My other thing too, I was going to say is, and I think I said this last um, a couple. Uh, about a, a little while ago for when the other season was wrapping up the wolves gone <laughs> like, yeah is that we it? still don't i guess yeah there's, at, at there's this point nothing, they gotta be you know gone. what i mean and i said i said i thought we'd be done with them by the beginning of the season but i thought we'd have some closure on that whole group of people but i guess it was more of less just a a tiny little distraction amongst the you know maybe a little bit of filler there right like yeah. um just a bad uh, group of people like I thought for sure we'd see at least a little bit more of the wolves, but it seems like I think we're done. Yeah, yeah, they're done. And I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like that's a missed opportunity, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on, and um, I have a I have a theory too that I, I, I'm going to talk to you guys about off the air, but um, I, I we'll go from there. But uh, I overall solid follow up to a to a great premiere and uh I'm looking forward I mean I don't know about you guys but the entire time all this good stuff was happening I'm like what the fuck bad's going to happen yeah I'm waiting for it like I at spent the, very the whole end, episode like, thinking that all of a sudden Jesus like takes off Michonne's head or something and I'm like ah you know I'm just waiting for it but um I kept worrying that Jesus was a was a bad character not knowing anything about him besides that he's a a popular comic book character but that's the thing is like usually like when you know that a character is a popular comic character, he's either a really good guy 
or he's either a really bad guy. And yeah, and that's right. just been that's just been my experience so far. There might be characters down the road where there's a bit of both. Uh, but Jesus is a, seems like a fan favorite, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it's because he's he's a great addition to the cast and and of good characters. Because uh, you you know when someone's bad because it's like oh my god that yeah. Like he's he's a terrible person. That's he's the first bad. thing that people come that comes out of their mouth. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to more. Uh, I can't wait for Sunday. I mean, it's just it's like we need. I I need to see where this is going because, as we know, it's it's heading to a a a bloody conclusion. And we've got six six episodes or wait eight episodes. Yeah. So six, I think, right? Yeah, was it ten episodes? Uh, it was eight, eight and eight, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got six, six more, episodes. six more episodes. Yeah, and I saw scenes from the next season or next. Yeah, did you guys know that? Um, oh my god! Yeah, it's it's bad. Jeffrey um, Dean Morgan. No, he's not. He's not in it. No, um, oh. he's. Uh, Spoilers. It, I saw scenes from the next week's episode, and uh, it it definitely looks a little more intense. Oh, so okay. perfect. No corn. Definitely no corn. They still haven't planted that. It's not going to flash back two months later. It's like we planted the corn. It was delicious. <laughs> it was delicious. But uh, yeah, so far so good for season six, and uh, I I'm I'm loving this season so far. So yeah, I'd say it's Let's, the best season of Walking Dead. So mm, far. I would I would agree so far, but it's only two episodes, so we got to be careful. Well, no, it's ten episodes. Well, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I would say yes, all in total season. I thought we were talking about just this half. Okay, this is the um, best half so far of the while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, but it's. I would also agree. Season six, overall, best season. Um, yeah, so I, I think on that note, I mean, we're always looking for feedback from you guys, the listeners, and what you think of the show. Not this show. We know you love it. But The Walking Dead, which you hopefully also love. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan, how do people do that? Well, they can go to our website, zombiesatemypodcast.com, where you'll find a whole plethora of links to click on that can help us out. First of all is patreon.com slash zombiesatemypodcast. Thank you to all our current patrons and future ones, if you're thinking about that. Also, you can email the show, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com, where we'll... we'll, 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 We will repeat what you say to us and then talk about it. It's a great thing that podcasts have been doing for years. Also, you can follow myself at R. Murphy, Lou at Busy Zombie Lord, and Bob at Bobbert F. Finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the amazing artwork. You can find more of his stuff at Joel Duggan. Joel Duggan. Joel <laughs> <laughs> <Dole> Jagged. <laughs> oh, gosh. Rip, rip, rip. Shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork, which you can find more of his stuff at joelduggan.com. And. Oh, God. I'm going to go to bed. Okay. Well, thank you, Ryan Murphy. Uh, that should about do it. Lou Page, any last words? See everybody. Don't buy Michonne Walking Dead. <laughs> still going to be on that. Well, my last words are, what's your favorite food that they brought up in The Walking Dead so far? Applesauce, corn? Pudding. Pop, pop pudding. Down. Pop down. What? Hands down. down. Hands What? <laughs> Incoming bad zombie joke. Yeah. Hey. Hey, Ryan. Hi. What do you think they'd call The Walking Dead the musical? The Singing Dead? It would be called Decomposed. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, I was like, I don't get it. But then I thought about it a little bit, and I was like, that's pretty clever. That's clever, but you have to really think about it. Yeah, yeah you just a little. It's bit. not a bad zombie joke. It's a thinking zombie joke. Yeah, it's like a. It's like um, you're you're trying to get me to to use um, my brain.